Welcome to today's audio podcast, a sermon teaching from Grace Bible Church of Akron. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of GBC and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at gbcakron.org. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at gbcakron.org. That's I-N-F-O at gbcakron.org. Also, if you would like to support Grace Bible Church, you may do so by visiting gbcakron.org forward slash giving. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. Um, spend a lot of time, uh, for those of us that, that uh, I guess aren't working, now what I mean by that is you don't have a job anymore, Th- those that are retired still work, Right? Yep, they still work. It's just different kind of work. And then the, those the, who haven't retired, uh, we we are we are in a lot of work, or at least that's what we say. You know, uh, studies tell us that uh, um, we spend a third of our life at work, or what we might call making money. We spend a third of our life doing that. We spend the other two thirds trying to figure out how to spend it. But but we spend a third uh, earning it. And, and figuring out what to do with it. And so work is a big part of our life. Whether you're retired or not retired, work is a, is a big deal. The career, the way we spend our time. And we talk about our lives uh, fitting together so that we can make sense of what God is doing in our life. Then we need to take into consideration this whole idea of our work and, and our careers and, and the money that we make from doing work, uh, because that, that ha- plays a big part in, in how our life fits together in what God is trying to do in us and through us. Uh, we are supposed to go to work and to, and to earn money. Uh, if we look at the, at the principles of Scripture, I think the, the goal to going to work and earning money is to make a donation with our life. That, that, we, that we work and earn and contribute um, so that we can donate our life to others. Uh, and I know we're going we're gonna to unpack that thought. Uh, that may be a different way of looking at the, at, at the work you, you go to. But for many of us, what happens is instead of work being a tool that we use to, to donate our lives to the causes of Christ, instead of it becoming a tool, it becomes the source of life. For many people, work defines who they are. And, and, and what defines us is, is what is, is our source of life. It, it kind of becomes, this is why I'm here, to do this, to do X. And for many people, that is their work. And any time, any time, we let something become our source for life and it's not Christ. It discombobulates our life. It, throw thing, it throws things out of whack because, because our source for life is Jesus. That's our source. But because we spend so much time at work, doing what we do and then and then we get money from that and we live off of that money well 
we, it can get confusing. And we think, oh no, that's what I'm here about. That's why I'm here. I'm here to do this, this job, this career. And if I get really good at it, if I get the breaks, maybe I can even get paid more for doing this career. And then that becomes our source for life. And it throws everything else out of whack. God has a plan to make all of these different things fit in life. So that, so that work is more a, a spoke in the wheel as opposed to being the center of the wheel. And for a lot of people, work becomes the center. When it's never, it's never meant to be the center of our lives. And so for us to, to, to look at this this morning, uh, we, we're going to start off talking about there's three attitudes, really. There's three attitudes um, that shape our view of work and money. And so I want to I go through these really quickly, and then we're going to look at a passage of Scripture together, and you're going to see these three attitudes unfold in what Jesus was talking about one day when he was talking to a group of people. But basically, uh, attitudes help us define uh, why we do something. I, now, I shared something with you last week, and, 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 and it's basically this idea that God, God really doesn't care what we do with our life. He cares why we do it. He cares about why we do something. If we get our motivations in the right place, we will always do the right thing. And, and God is honored by that. We tend to flip that. We, we tend to, instead of figuring out why we do something, we, we just do. We just do, and, and we do in hopes that we'll get something back for our doing. And, and that's what can discombobulate our life and throw things off center. And so that's why we need to look at these three attitudes that shape our view of work and money. The first attitude is, is what I call a taker. A taker. So people who are takers, they are in it for themselves. Okay? They're, they're in it for themselves. The general flow of their life is selfishness now this doesn't mean they're not nice there are many nice selfish people okay they, they are they're they're nice they smell good they look good they 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 can be hard workers they have other attributes that cover up their selfishness but at their core they're in it for themselves and so they go to work and they earn money for themselves that's what it's about and sometimes they cover that with family. They'll, they'll cover it and say, I'm doing this for my family. But, but when you get right down to it, because, because they're part of the family, really it's about them and what they want out of life. And at their core, they're just, they're selfish. And, they're, and many times they're dominated by two thoughts. The first thought is, I, I just don't have enough. I don't have enough. And, and because I don't have enough, I need to take. Because I don't, I don't have enough. That, that's, one, that's one thing that could dominate their life. Another way, another thought that dominates their life is that they're afraid they're going to run out. 
And so they're very fearful. First of all is I don't have enough. But the second one is, is I'm afraid that if I, that, that if, that if I don't keep taking, I'm going to run out. I'm going to run out. Okay, that's a taker. And, and again, we do not say it that way, but we behave it that way. That's, that's how takers live their lives. Basically, they're in it for themselves and they're selfish. There's another attitude that, that prevails when it comes to our work and our careers, the money we make. And I call these people traders, okay? Now, not traders like they trade, the, you know, I, I, T-R-A-D-E-R-S, traders, not, not people who turn against the government. People, people who they trade in their life. This is how they get by. They trade, okay? Now, now traders, they too are in it for themselves, Okay, at their core, they're, they're trying to take care basically of themselves, but they realize the value of other people to get what they want in life. And because they realize the value of other people, they trade. They're, they're in the business of trading. I do for others because I know others will do for me. And so they spend their life looking for those people at work the people that they run with, the, the people that they hang out with. It's people that they know, you know what, these people are going to contribute to me, but it's okay because I'm going to contribute to them. And, and so they keep score a lot. They keep score of what's going on in the world. They, they keep up with, with who does what and what they're doing. And, and, and really what motivates traders more than anything is, is they just want it to be fair. They want life to be fair. And, and, so what, and so what happens is, is that when someone does something good for them, oh, to keep up and to keep it fair, they do good back. But they're fully expecting when they do good to someone that that someone will be good to them because that's what keeps it fair. And, and if they do good to someone and that someone doesn't reciprocate that back, they, they may be very cautious about helping that person again or getting involved in a situation like that again because they, they, they want to keep it fair. I don't know, does this make sense? Yeah, you're probably thinking of someone, right? And so, and so a lot of people, and so they, they approach their entire career and the money they make, they treat it with that. That attitude of, I care about people, and I know people are important, but I expect that when I give, people will give back to me. And that's just called trading. And keeping it all very fair. Traders are easy to find because when it's not fair, they get angry. Quickly when things are not fair if they think they're not being treated fairly boy it's written all over their faces and it's posted in their social media and it comes up in their conversations because life's not fair and that really matters to them there's a third type of attitude and i i just call it givers so these people, so, so you got, you got takers and traders at, at the core, they're in it for themselves, but givers at their core, they're in it to please Christ. 
That, that's, that's at their core. Now, no one does this perfectly, okay? No one pleases Christ perfectly with their life. And we can all slip into any three of these attitudes. In fact, religious people, uh, that we can be very <laughs> religious takers and religious traders, okay? But, but uh, the people who are givers, what they're trying to do is, is, is they're trying to live their life in such a way that they're in it for Christ, and that, that includes their career and the money that they make for their career, from, from doing that career. They're in it to please Christ. They, they strive to be generous with their whole life. They, they try to treat others uh, the way they, they want to be treated. Um, they, they see their career as a place where they can use their God-given skills to contribute. To, to contribute to others, whatever, whatever that might look like in, in their various field of work. They're, and they know they're going to get paid. I mean, they, 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 it's not that they want to do it for free, but, but they're doing it to please Christ. And they're not, they're not necessarily doing it just to please themselves. And these three attitudes, they dominate our careers. They dominate the way we think about what we do with life, specifically what we get paid to do in life. And Jesus explains these three attitudes. In this passage that we're going to look at together this morning out of Luke chapter 6, these three attitudes come up. And we're just going to go through the passage and I'm going to highlight these three attitudes over and over again through what Jesus was talking about when he teached on this day. But before, before I do that, I, I need to remind us of something that we've talked about here before at Grace Bible Church. And this is so important when we're thinking about our careers and in, particu in particular our assets that we have in life. That what, what we earn from our careers okay, that the assets, our wealth, our value. This is so important to remember, okay? In the Bible, there is no middle class. Now, we have all been conditioned to think about the middle class in America, okay? But in the Bible, there is no middle class. In the Bible, there is only rich and poor. That's it. There is no middle class. The reason this is so important for you and I to remember is because when we read the Bible and the Bible starts talking about rich people and poor people, those in the middle class think they're neither. Which means they ignore all instruction about wealth and money in the Bible. Because when they read in the scriptures about rich people, middle class people look at that and say, well, that's not me. I'm not rich. And when they read in the scriptures about poor people, they look at that and they say, well, that's not me. I'm not poor. And so it's like the middle class gets a pass. And that's not how it works. What you and I need to do to understand what the Bible, when the Bible starts talking about assets, when the Bible starts talking about wealth, you and I, before we read those passages, we need to determine up front, am I rich or am I poor? Because we are one of the other. And then we know what to do with our wealth. Because the Bible will instruct us as to what we should do. That's important. 
Because in this passage, Jesus talks a fair amount about the rich and the poor. And let me just tell you right now, I consider myself and my family to be rich. I'm talking about assets. Because I know that the vast majority of the people on this planet will never have the money I walk around with in my wallet on a day-to-day basis. So based upon that, I look at myself and say, I think when the Bible's talking about rich people, I think the Bible's talking about me. Now, I'm not saying you have to look at yourself that way, but I'm telling you that's how I interpret it when I read it. So when I read it, and I interpret it that way, and I preach it that way, obviously that influences how it comes out. Does that make sense? Okay? So, let's look at what Jesus had to say about these attitudes and how it relates, basically, to our wealth. In Luke chapter 6, looking at his disciples, Jesus said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. So let me start off by saying that Jesus is not anti-wealth. Okay? In other words, Jesus is not saying that poor people are spiritually better off than rich people. Uh, you, You have to read the rest of the Bible to understand that's not what he's saying when he's talking about this right now because there's specific instructions for poor people and there's specific instructions for rich people. What Jesus is talking about in this passage is not necessarily the assets that someone has or doesn't have. What he's talking about is the attitude that we have about our assets. The way we feel about our wealth. That's, he's talking more about attitude than actual uh, numbers in our, in our bank accounts or, or in our portfolios. He's talking about our attitude towards those numbers. And you're going to see that as this continues to unfold. But the first thing that I want to point out about, about what Jesus just said in this passage is that givers experience happiness now and in the future. Okay? He says that in, in, in what we were just... He, notice, let me just remind you what he said. He said, blessed are you who are poor. That word, that word poor, it, it, uh, poor, if you, if you say it from the South, it's poor. I'm trying to fit in with you folks. Um, <clears throat> if, 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 if it's poor, okay, um, now I'm going to be really conscious about how I say that all day long. But what that word means, it means to crouch. It, it means, it means to get low. That's what the word that's what it means. That's why he's talking, he's talking about an attitude. He's talking about an attitude, not our assets. 
He said, those who are willing to get low, those who are willing to crouch. He says, those people, blessed are you. He says, they're blessed. Then he says, blessed are you who hunger now. So the tone behind that, the tone is, is, is that of one who voluntarily does without so that someone can have something. He's saying, he, in other words, the tone behind those of you who hunger now, he, he's saying those of, he, literally, he's saying those of you who are willing to give up what is rightly yours so that someone else can have it because they have less than you. Those are the, that's what he's talking. He's talking about that attitude. He's talking about an attitude. You see, givers, listen, listen to this. Givers are people whose lifestyles are literally changed by their generosity. The reason they don't have as much as they could have is because they voluntarily give it away in the name of Christ. That's a giver. And again, we're not talking about specific amounts. He's talking about an attitude. He's talking about an attitude that we have when it comes to our careers and, and, and our wealth. He goes on to say, blessed are you who weep. Givers, they have a compassion that causes them to act on the sorrow that they see others experiencing. There's a compassion about a giver that, that when they see someone who, who, who's missing something in their life, and they have the capacity to help that person. They're moved with compassion. And they, they, they understand what it means to weep and to mourn. He goes on to say, Blessed are you when people hate you, insult you, reject you. So givers, listen to this, givers are misunderstood for the way they behave. People look at them and they scratch their heads and they say, why is that person living their life like that? Why, why are they doing it that way? And they're ridiculed for it, they're mocked for it, they're, and, they're, and people are confused by it, and they make fun of them for it, and sometimes they even hate them for it. But Jesus is not talking about actual dollar amounts. He's talking about their attitude and the way they live their life in front of others. You see, givers, he tells us in this passage, they taste happiness in this life, but they're promised a feast of it in eternity. So givers, they just taste happiness here. You know what that's like, right? You just taste something once, you know, and you, and, and you don't get to have a lot of that taste, but you get to taste it every once in a while. They, they get to do that in life. Now they get to taste real happiness, but they're promised a feast of happiness in eternity. That's givers. But when, you talk, when it comes to, ta uh, to takers and traders, look, this is the second observation. Takers and traders receive comfort in this life and none in the eternal life. So Jesus lays it out just uh, you know, pretty, pretty plain. Again, he's talking about this attitude. Which attitude do you have? Look, givers, they get to taste life here and they get a feast of it in eternity. But takers and traders... Guess what they get? They get a lot of comfort in this life. They get a lot of comfort in this life. They don't get any in eternal life. They don't get any comfort there. 
Jesus says, Whoa, this is what he said, Woe to you who are rich. Again, he's not talking about assets, he's talking about attitude, our attitude toward assets. He says, Woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your, your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. He's saying, If your attitude is such that you're in it for yourself, you're in it for you. Whether you're taking or whether you're trading, if you're in it for you, enjoy it because this is as good as it gets. Enjoy it. Eat it up. Lap it up now because this is it. This is as good as it will ever be for those types of people. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? Yeah. So how do we know that Jesus is, is talking about our attitude and not our actual assets? Look at what he goes on to say next. I, 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 I mean, I love the scriptures and what they say. He says, but to you who are listening. That's so important. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, Pray for those who mistreat you. Now, let me stop right there and ask you a question. How much income does someone need to have to have that attitude? See, he's not talking about income. He's talking about our attitude about our income. Our attitude about our career. What kind of job does someone need to have to act that way? What kind of position or title or educational degree do they need? No, anyone with any, with any position, with any attitude, with any amount of wealth can have this attitude. That's what Jesus is saying. For those of you who are willing to listen, hear what I have to say. He goes on to say, If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Let me ask you a question. What type of salary does someone need to make to have that attitude? What what degree do they need to hold to have that attitude towards people? See, he's not talking about actual dollar amounts. He's talking about our attitudes towards our careers, our incomes, the assets of our life. This attitude of taking, trading, or giving. Which attitude do we have? So when we, when we read this passage, let me tell you something. Takers, when they read this, when, when they read Jesus' words right here, takers reject this way of life. They look at that and they say, no way, I'm not living my life like that. I, I, am, I am in it for me, and I will take care of me, and I will not be stepped on. I will not let people take advantage of me, because you know what? I, I, I'm here to get what I want. I'm here to make sure that I take care of of me and mine. And so takers read this and they just reject it. Look at, look at uh, what, what traders do. Traders, they look at this and they're confused by this way of life. They look at it and they say, wait a minute, this is not fair. 
It's not fair that some people are being mistreated while others are, seem to be taking advantage of other folks. And, and this isn't fair. And they get all up in arms about because it's not fair. And it confuses them. It confuses them to live their life that way because they have, they have grounded themselves to this idea that, that, that if I'm good to people, people will be good to me. And if people are good to me, I need to be good to them. And if it's not that way, I'm just totally, I'm discombobulated by it. But givers, they read this and they strive to live life this way. It's hard. I'm not saying this is easy. It's hard, but this is what a giver does. A giver reads this and says, okay, I understand. This is, this is the, the, the bottom line. The most important thing in life is not, is not my tally sheet at the end of the day of the assets I have or the liabilities that I took on. That, that's, not, that's not what matters. What matters is my attitude about these things. Jesus goes on to say, he says, do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. If you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because He is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Wow. This is a radical way of life. So when a taker reads this, when a taker reads these words from Jesus, they look at this and, and, and takers are like, well, takers do to others to get ahead. That's what they do. They do to others whatever they need to do to get ahead. That's what a taker does. Both religious and non-religious people can be takers. And, and the way it comes out, the, the, the attitude behind, behind being a taker when, when it comes to, to, to taking to get ahead, they, they, they look, uh, a religious person will look to God and simply say, well, God owes me because, you know, I'm a good person. I go to church. I read my Bible. I pray. I, I do X, Y, and Z. So God owes me. I'm here to take. And then, and then if they're not a religious person, they're just looking at the people in the world and they say, you know what? The world owes me. I had crappy parents. I, I, grew, up, I grew up in a broken home. I, that, that company, they mistreated me. I, I've had hard knocks in my life. The world owes me. And so they take. And they do whatever they need to do to others to get ahead. Because God owes them the world owes them. And they feel justified in their taking. My pages are stuck together. There we go. Traitors. Traitors do to others what has been done to them. Okay? Because they want to keep it fair. So whatever someone does to them, that's what they do to others. And they only do to others what they think someone will do back to them. And, and so that's how they keep up. So many people uh, are, are career and wealth traders. They don't give unless they feel it will be reciprocated back to them. 
That, that's how they operate. And they don't give unless someone gives to them first. And then, and then they'll reciprocate it back. They feel the obligation to do so because we've got to keep it fair. We're keeping score. If someone's good to me, I've got to do, do something. I mean, we see this. This is coming up at Christmas, right? You know, everyone, everyone's like, oh, we gotta, we got to let's set a limit on Christmas gifts. Why? Because I don't want to owe somebody. I don't want to spend $5 on someone that's spending $20 on me. That's trading. That's all it is. And so traders, they do to others what has been done to them. But givers, they do to others what they want done to them. And this attitude, it comes from the understanding of grace. The idea of grace. I'm not talking about Grace Bible Church. I'm talking about grace that comes from God. You see, a giver understands that the grace of God that was given to them, there's no way they deserve that, so they can't take it. There's no way they deserve it. They also know there's nothing they can give in return for it. There's nothing. There's, there's no bargaining with God. There's no trading with God. A giver understands that grace has entered their life through Christ. And, and what he has given, they will never be able to repay. They will never deserve. And so since God has been so gracious and so good and so generous and so kind... I'm going to be that way. I, I'm going to try to be a giver. I'm going to try to be like Christ, which is the idea of being a Christian. That's what it means to be like Christ, who is gracious and gave. He didn't take, he didn't trade, he gave. And those who follow him strive to be like him. Jesus goes on to say in this passage, be merciful just as your father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. This is so important. Jesus is not talking about actual assets. He's talking about the attitude. That if we have a giving attitude, the amount in which we are willing to be generous with others, our life, not, not, not our actual wealth, but our life, that that will be pressed down and given back to us. Please don't interpret that as if I give $10, God's going to give me $100 back. That is not what he's saying right here. He's talking about a way of life, not an actual monetary donation. He's talking about a way of life that we live. Takers, you see, they believe they must take care of themselves. That's why they have such a hard time with this. They are responsible to take care of themselves. Traders believe being fair will take care of them. If I'm good to others, others will be good to me. When people are good to me, I need to be good back to them. And that, that's how we take care of ourselves. But givers, givers believe God will take care of them. 
And so they're free to give of themselves. They're free to give. And you know what? Until you and I can look at our careers and look at the way we make money this way, we're always going to be discombobulated about it. It's always going to be out of whack. Because when it comes to our careers, many of us are takers or we're traitors. And we struggle with being givers. And if we want it to all fit together, if we want our life to fit and for it to work like it's supposed to work, then Christ is at the center and his attitude to serve him is at the center of our life. The attitude to be like him is at the center of our life. And our career and, and our money is just a spoke in the wheel. It's not the center. It's not the center. I want to leave you with a prayer this week. Simply says, Father, I know you are a generous God and you are calling me to be a generous person. Forgive me for acting like a taker. Forgive me for acting like a traitor. Lord, turn me into a giver. Don't let work and money define me. Teach me to see them as tools to share the life I have been given through Christ. I pray it in Jesus' name. I hope that can be your prayer this week. Because if you're here this morning and you'd like to know more about this amazing way of life, of being a giver, I encourage you to text the word CONNECT to 330-400-2869. And that opens up a line of communication for us to be able to talk about those things. God bless you. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And we will see you next Sunday.